This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 17 of Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we have Kathy McEnroe, who is an equine therapist for racehorses and hunters and jumpers. We're going to talk about colostrum and critter nutrition. The breed of the show is the Cochin chicken. And in Coffee Clutch, we're going to talk about how to relieve human stress. So, Tiggy, we're at it again. We've got a good show today. We do. I'm excited. I know. I can't wait to talk to you about all the things that relieve my stress. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what relieves Jennifer's stress. Well, we're going to find out. (laughs) I can't wait. Well, and um, we've got a great guest. Um, I think that we're going to have to have back. Oh, Um, yeah. She's dynamite. Kathy. I know. It's so many good things. I'm learning so many things. I'm learning so much every week, plus the fact that you know more big words than one <laughs> woman should know. Hey, I wanted to ask you about, you know, we know it's you've had a lot of rain in Texas and now you've got mm-hmm. a lot of heat. So, you know, what about the non-sweating issues? Well, you know, it's interesting because you and I had some experience a couple years ago in Virginia with your own horse and what yeah. we had to go through and learning from that and a couple other horses. Um, it's, um, I do have a few, uh, what, what I've learned, um, is the number one thing that I have done is that I have any horse that I have any suspicion is going to have a problem as I remove the B pulp because they're, yeah. they're finding that link, which, um, I, with two of the horses, um, I had on B pulp, stop sweating that weren't typical non-sweaters and one was actually quite a good sweater and then took them off and within days they were sweating again and yeah. if I hadn't known that um because I've had other horses that I just you know I I don't think that we understood that was the correlation between that well and remember a lot of commercial feeds have beet pulp in them. I know and you have to be careful yeah which is you know um which is stressful because if you're trying to do the whole foods there's obviously plenty other options that people can go through but you know initially um it, it stumped me for a while because there's some horses that should have been decent sweaters that just weren't. Um, but I have found, um, that, um, what I, what I do is with all of the horses when it's really hot, which it has, has been this past week is I, I, I rinse them off before we ride and I don't ride them more than 35 minutes. Um, I just kind of, and with lots of walk breaks and we do fine, but you have to really watch the ones that sweat a lot in the beginning of the year, you have to watch them because those are the ones that tend to stop sweating after June. And Jennifer, you found something about uh, heat stroke. Mm -hmm. Well, it was very interesting. I came across a post on Facebook. I have no idea the reference or who it came from. It was in a meme um, that they said that there are some folks that are looking into the idea that anhydrosis is related to repeated bouts of heat stroke. Mm. Which, from a completely non-scientific point of view, because sometimes things that sound like they should make sense scientifically are proven wrong, it kind of makes sense that it would. Yeah, it makes sense to me. It makes complete sense to me just because 
being here and, and dealing with the type of heat that we deal with. And, you know, and I will say this, I am a big believer. If you take your time and you condition your horse, um, you really can condition them for this type of weather and be fine with it and have a very productive training life or how, whatever you want to do with your horse or your dog. I'm not sure about chickens, but I'm going to find out. Um, <laughs> but you know, you know, the horses here, if, if adjusted well and taken the proper time and you just look for signs, Hey, this horse isn't doing well today. Get, pack it in. Just, you know, don't stay out there for five more minutes of trying to get something done, you know, go in, enjoy yourself and, um, and not don't stay in the sun too long. And really seriously, we, we have very little issues if the horses are properly prepared for it. One thing that I think that we, we should mention is that we think when you hear the term heat stroke, you think of something that is a pretty major mm-hmm. uh, Good point. A- issue. And I think horses have heat stroke on very small, minor, what we would consider minor because it's not so obvious. And we don't right. realize that they have overheated to the point where they're um, they're going to stop sweating, so right. it doesn't have to be this yeah. huge. Well, heat, heat exhaustion and heat stroke, I guess, are different. So I guess maybe what exactly. we're looking at is something closer to something in the human world will be called heat exhaustion, where your body is becoming overheated, but it's not to the point where you're like losing consciousness, shutting down. Right, right. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. thinking of all this because today when I brought Nigel in from the field, they turned out all day long to eat grass. Well, of course, the grass and the sunshine seems to taste better than the plentiful grass that is in the shade. Right. So I know. <laughs> he's standing out there in the sun, heat, the sun, and it's 90 million degrees out there eating grass, and he comes in, and he's usually sweaty when I bring him in in the afternoon. But today when I brought him in, he was sweaty, and his his uh, respiration was elevated. to the, was like, whoa, something's going on here. So we had to bring him in and hose him off and do the whole get your horse cooled off thing. Uh, so that got me thinking about, the non-sweaters, and then when I read that little meme, I'm going, little panic time, oh my gosh. Well, and you have to be careful, too, because this is something else, is that when you bring them in, you hose them off, it can't be cold water. You have to really take your yeah. time and do their their lower limbs slowly because that also shocks their system because that's yeah. another thing that can happen. And you being in Florida, I mean, you're dealing with the same type of heat we are here in Houston. Yes. Um yes. You just have to, you just have to be mindful. And, you know, even though the horses are standing in the middle of the sun um, and they're eating and they seem happy, sometimes horses don't know best. Well, they are. And you have to go, yo, and you bring them in and, you know, keep your, you know, so if he's doing that, you need to keep your eye open and go, huh, he's probably going to continue to do this. I may have to alter his turnout for a little bit and bring him in until he gets better adjusted to it. Yeah, And another thing is, is when you're hosing a horse off, Make sure you use the sweat scraper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to scrape it yes. off as soon as you put it on. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, because that that is like putting a rug, an insulator. Mm-hmm. That's right. I just posted that um, article on Facebook because oh, a lot good. of people um, don't know that. And again, it's good to cool their skin off. It's good to do all of that, but you have to scrape it off um, and you know and move the hair around a little bit because if the hair is matted down, you're just insulating. Yeah. The heat in. Yeah. Well, did you did you put that on the Healthy Critters Radio Facebook page? I didn't, but I'm glad you mentioned that because you know what I'm going to do. <laughs> that would be the best it. Facebook page to put it on. Yeah, it really is because they have a lot about healthy critters. It's a good point. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> place to put it. Healthy Critters Radio Facebook. That's a great place to go, folks. They have lots of great posts there. But anyway, that's that's kind of where you know everybody's thinking about that kind of thing this time of year mm-hmm. because even if your horse does sweat, he's not immune to it. So be a little bit extra diligent. Watch your horse's respiration. 
He, yeah. You know, he doesn't always know what's best for himself. Sometimes they stand in the sun and eat grass when it's 90 million degrees out. Mm-hmm. And the, the pony was fine standing right next to him eating the same grass. Um, and he was fine, but my guy got a little bit too overheated and we had to take care of things and now he's fine. So there we go. There you go. This episode's special guest segment is brought to you by Warhorse, naturally aggressive and fiercely kind. And we're here with Kathy McEnroe. She's an equine therapist for horses. And one of the things I had asked her a while ago was, you know, to describe um, what she does. And she says, I'm an equine therapist with a big couch. So um, (laughs) is that a sectional or like a love seat? (laughs) I don't know. It's one of those ones, a sofa with a secret, you know, that folds, you know, and you can put all your stuff at like a console. Oh, I love those. Nice. Yeah. Well, where you can put all your Biostar supplements. Oh, good. Well done. Good plug. Yes. Yes. Good plug. So I wanted to um, to start with this, the story, Kathy, of when you and I met at a barn in mm-hmm. Wellington, and mm-hmm. we were going through your, your supplements and your feed. Yes. How'd that go? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a bit of a shock, to be honest with you, because... I had really prided myself in trying to feed my horses in the best possible, most quote-unquote natural way. And I really thought that I was doing that. I mean, I had spent years seeking out the best supplements, additives to, you know, help my horse's health and ultimately their performance. And so when you were called in, uh, the recommendations from a veterinarian, actually for another horse in the barn, I was very intrigued when you started to go through their supplements and we shared a grain room and I asked you to go through mine, thinking to myself that, well, of course, mine are far superior to theirs. You were trying to show off a little, weren't you? I was. She slapped you right down on the ground, didn't she? Yes. I was trying to show off and Ticker so politely started to, you know, Who are we talking about? one of my multiple stars of supplements and started to read away. And, mm-hmm. you know, the more she read, the more horrified I became. And eventually, as we get to maybe the third or fourth, we didn't really get far down the list. I did not have 30 or 40 supplements. I was prided myself that I had selected the best of aid or assortment, you know, that anyone could find on the planet. And as she got to the third or fourth, I found myself not being able to breathe, honestly. I had a complete anxiety attack. There's a support Honestly, I was... Devastated. I was devastated that, you know, that I was not reading the labels correctly, that there is, you know, there's this whole underlying formula to how they list things and what's really in the ingredients, what what you're actually feeding your horses. And it really stopped me in my tracks, I have to say. I, 
I've talked to Tigger about this before, that I really had to take a look at how I was feeding these horses because I was convinced that I was giving them the best of the best. And I clearly, when Tigger started reading those labels, it was obvious to me, I, you know, that I was not. I was feeding them a lot of unnecessary fillers and additives, and I was actually doing harm to the horses. And mm. that was the part that was very hard for me, is that um, when I realized that, I, that's when I went into full-blown panic mode. And actually, I said to Tigger that I even stopped eating myself for a week because I started eating my own labels. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't even go to the grocery store anymore. <laughs> so Welcome. there was a side benefit that I lost some weight in the beginning because <laughs> yeah, because, because your relationship with Tigger. Was, right. That if anything that wasn't a whole food, I wasn't going near it. So yeah, so there was a bit there was gotcha. a big adjustment for me. That was my first introduction to Tigger and it was it was a little bit shocking, I have to say. So, yes, that's what happened with me. But I have yeah. to say, in the years since then, Kathy mm-hmm. has become a real whole food warrior. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> and she works with, you work with hunters, with jumpers, and, and racehorses, correct? Yes. And, there, and there's a big difference between how racehorses are fed and conditioned and, and the, the hunters and jumpers. Yes. And, and what I find fascinating about the different disciplines is it brings me back to that day with you in my grain room and the supplement. So when Tigger started with the supplement and I asked her about her journey, and how she came to understand this, she started to tell me the story of her own horse. Right. And what she had discovered with feeding and supplements with her own horse and how she started to heal her own horse through food. And I remember Tigger telling me about a book that she had found, and the name of the book would be, what was the name of the book, Tigger? In Defense. The 1800s book. Oh, 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 the no. stable book. The stable book. So you started to tell me about the stable book that you had found written in the 1800s, correct? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it? Yep, 1856. And I was fascinated about that book and how the author had documented the calorie burn of each kind of horse, whether it was a logging horse, Pony Express horse, carriage horse, um, you know, different jobs that these horses had for transportation. Similar to what kind of fuel do you put in a Ferrari versus a VW bus? I mean, that's how I heard it. And I thought, whoa. And how they used local resources to feed these animals to get the calorie burn that they needed for that job. Yeah. So oftentimes when I'm working on a racehorse versus a show hunter, I often think of that conversation that we had, the calorie burn of these animals and how they have a different job, they're burning calories at a different rate, 
so you're going to feed them differently. Yep. You know, that there's going to be different uh, fuels that they need and how that fuel is going to burn is based on what exactly you're feeding them. And there are many times I have gone back to that conversation of that book. And that's kind of the interesting thing about the different disciplines, uh, whether it's a um, show jumper, a show hunter, or a driving horse, race horse, reining horse, that each one has a different calorie burn. And yeah. so we would go back to that book in the 1800s, which is brilliant, in my opinion. <laughs> that it's, you know, that it's that simple. It is that simple to feed a horse. And it seems like we've complicated it terribly to the point that people are like I was that day when you walked into my grain room is totally devastated and confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The gift that keeps yeah. on giving. Yeah, I don't even know what to oh, say, my. man. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things I love about the racehorses is they feed those horses very simply. They have stayed with a very simple based whole food, you know, oats and alfalfa pellets, um, that those horses are fed very simply high quality food and not a lot of supplements. I, I don't see the shelves of supplements in a racehorse stable that I see in a show mm-hmm. hunter stable. I just don't see it. It's, it's amazing to me. Wow. And yet those racehorses could easily stand on the line in Devon and look just as good, if That's not better than wow. some of those show hunters. You know, it's, it's, phenomenal to me. That was one of the things I was really taken aback when I started working on those racehorses is how healthy they were. Um, you know, and of course they're very young, so their metabolism is better, but still just the whole idea that their feed room is not overloaded with, you know, mass marketed supplements almost to the point where, you know, you go in a show hunter rain room and it I almost feel like I'm in the cereal aisle at a grocery store. <laughs> That's a <laughs> you know, great the brightly analogy. colored packages. Yeah, the brightly colored packages and the all the claims of the benefits, but then yet you flip it over and read the label like Tigger has taught me to do and it's it's a little bit overwhelming mm-hmm. to understand you know what are these ingredients with you know with the horses. So Um, that's what, that's what I'm really struck by kind of going between the different disciplines is that, um, these racehorses are fed a very simple diet and yet they look fantastic because they're just, you know, they're not overloaded with a lot of empty fillers and things that are probably potentially harmful to them down the road as they get, as they get older, if they would continue to yeah. fed, be fed those supplements. So, so Kathy, is that helpful? Y- yes. You and I have talked about EPM and you, you oh, see it yeah. in the track horses as well as the, the show hunters and the jumpers. And you were Correct. telling me about when you're, when you're going over a horse, wh- where, where are the things that speak to you about, 
maybe this horse has the beginning stages of EPM? Well, there are a couple of very significant signs as far as the muscle structure that I've begun to recognize. Even when I walk by a stall, sometimes I can see it at this point. Typically what you notice is if you look, you know, as I walk by a stall and I look at the horse's hind end and I specifically look at the sacrum area and where the gluteal muscles attach into the sacrum area, for whatever reason, that area seems to become atrophied first, that there becomes a little bit of a depression there at the top of the gluteal muscle where it hooks into the longissimus, which is the back, that right kind of to the left and the right of the highest part of their butt, which is the sacrum, that there becomes this atrophy or deficiency. And then if I go in the stall and look at their shoulder, they seem to have loss of muscle in their shoulder. And the point of their shoulder the bone actually seems to start to protrude. And even though these are horses that are in um, training, you know, they're in a very rigorous routine of training, whether it's a show hunter or a jumper or a racehorse, they don't seem to develop that shoulder. And they don't seem to develop the gluteal muscles up where they are near the sacrum. They're And I've noticed this pattern. Um, The other way that we diagnose the EPM syndrome is through some work that Dr. Kane did for years um, through acupuncture points and acupressure points. And that he started to identify certain points on the horse that were consistent with different syndromes with the horse. And he did a lot of work with these points and EPM. Now, and I've spoken to many veterinarians about the phenomenon of EPM, and most of them have confirmed with me that the majority of horses that come out of Virginia and Kentucky have exposure Mm -hmm. and probably were exposed at a younger age. And the stress of shipping and training will activate the syndrome. And so typically these are horses that have been shipped long distance. They start them into training. They start to train these horses. They think they're just weak because they're weak. And the other thing that's very significant is they seem to be horses that are very difficult to strengthen their stifles. And stifles typically are the last to develop. So it's normal to think this is a young horse or stifles haven't developed, but these are usually horses that they're in a rigorous training program. They're being fed well. They're on good footing. They have good shoeing. They're being ridden properly. And for some reason, they just have weak stifles. And those are horses that I have seen if you know, we go in to work on some of these horses, or I actually I had a dressage horse about a month ago, and they described this phenomenon. The horse is very weak in the stifles. We just can't seem to get the stifles strong. And sure enough, I looked at the horse. It was very slight, the, de- the deficiency in the muscle, but it was there. 
I checked the points for EPM, and sure enough, it was reactive Interesting. to the EPM syndrome. So it's, it's, it, it's an interesting syndrome. It seems to be something that the veterinarians are unsure of. Most of them claim that it's overdiagnosed. I've, I've spoken to many veterinarians, yet it seems like the acupuncture points pick it up at a very low level. If you blood tested these horses, they would not show EPM, that the point wow. catch the syndrome at a very low underlying level, but yet it's enough to prevent these horses from fully developing these muscles. And I was sharing with Tigger that what I have found, especially with the racehorses that are in heavy training, that uh, we put them on Chinese herbs to kill the protozoa um, that they're now, I think in that is really and, interesting. Yeah. Yes. And we've had a lot of success with the Chinese herbs um, and the EPM. I've, um, it seems like the traditional medicine seems to drive the protozoa deeper into Ugh. the horse's system where the Chinese herbs actually get to the protozoa and kill the protozoa. And within a week, typically, you will see the horse, a rider will say to me, wow, their stifles feel stronger. Within a week, you will feel mm. that kind of wow. difference. So that's got to be a neurological thing because you don't build muscle that fast. Right. You just don't. And, and I was also saying to Tigger that I find that some horses that have had either a longer exposure to the EPM or are have a weaker constitution and are just really struggling, I have found that if we put those horses on Tigger's bioflora for probiotic in their stomach, within two weeks, if, if the horse is not responding within a week to just the herbs, I add the bioflora and by the second week, they're responding the herbs and their overall health is better because I think the EPM really compromises their whole system and their constitution. And it seems like the bioflora just kind of enables the herbs to be more effective and it allows the body to bounce back and rebalance, rebalance itself. So that has been really interesting to see that um, with the show horses and and with the race horses, I've gotten the same results on you know with with all those disciplines, I get the same result on that, and that has been an amazing thing to watch because I have my hands on the horses all the time, so I can literally feel a change in their muscle tone hmm. and see a change in their coat so and cool. you know yeah. It's really amazing. I said to, you know, I was saying to Tigger, it's a little bit like when um, I used to manage a big farm in Massachusetts and we had these beautiful fields and people would say, what should I do to my fields to make them look so nice? And they wanted to buy seed and they wanted to buy fertilizer and they wanted to do all this stuff. And I said, the first thing I say is just check your pH, just do a, a pH test and you probably need more lime. And just spend the money on that. And sure enough, they would do that and they would add the lime and then all of a sudden the grass would look great and it would grow. And I feel like 
that's kind of what I think the bioflora does for the horses and the herbs with the EPM is it, it balances their system so that the herbs are more effective or, you know, they're more effective fighting off any disease and they seem to bounce back quicker with the bioflora. Mm-hmm. So that's been a very interesting to watch that. And you've had some winners on bioflora on the racehorse side. Yes, we have. We have had um, several winners, horses that were uh, struggling um, with the same thing, like struggling with some intestinal problems or just fail, almost failure to thrive. I think, you know, you would call that in a child. You know, you see some of these very young race horses. It's very hard for them. They come from the farm to the training center or the track. Even though they get meticulous care, uh, they're beautifully handled. They're taken out. They're you know walked, hand walked, and hand grazed every afternoon. They're they're given toys. They're fresh water. I mean, they're beautifully cared for. The, the grooms are so gentle and wonderful with them. But it's still, it's a shock to their system, to these young horses, to come off these farms into a training situation. And I have found that those horses, when I see them start to fail, I recommend the bioflora. We put them on the bioflora. It turns them around within a week. They go on to train, and um, they, they have done better than expected. And the reason why I say that is when I check the results on some of these horses, their payoffs are phenomenal. 22, you know, one paid off 22, one paid off 10. You know, usually they'll pay off $3, $4. Right. That means the betting public thinks that's a winner. But when you send one to the track and it wins by six lengths, and they're paying $22, that means the public is saying there's no way that donkey is going to think, you know, finish first based on their past performances. You know, they do past performances, the PPs. And that's the fascinating thing about the racehorses is it's a little bit like baseball in the statistics, that they re- you can really track the change and success in the animal. It was the racehorses. I mean, it's so clear cut. So, okay, what did we do differently? Well, maybe the horse was put on some herbs and bioflora. Maybe the horse was just put on bioflora and it enabled the horse to rebalance and to strengthen its constitution, train better and run better and recover. You know, they come back from the track sound and happy and and able to go back to training and go to another race and that's the part with the racehorses that I really enjoy is it's so satisfying because it's clear that it's working it's clear that this is making a difference with those horses um I've also had um I went to work on her horses She came with a complaint that the horse was landing after the jump and stopping and spinning and was funny about the girth. Um, 
not really standing for the mounting block. And this was a very nice young horse they had bought in Europe. And they were very discouraged because it just, it was to the point that the horse was dangerous to ride. I uh, evaluated the horse and found certain muscle groups, um, the external obliques, which are the muscles that are come up under the hind gut, were very tight, telling me that there's a problem there. Um, I also checked there is a stomach meridian that runs down their neck. I checked that meridian. It was very reactive to that. I identified that this was a horse that had probably a stomach ulcer and hind gut issues. Of course, I consulted Tigger. We put the horse on Bioflora and the bio yeast, as well as treating it for a stomach ulcer with the Gastrogard. It's three weeks later, the horse is down to a very small dose of Gastrogard. The horse is actually showing and performing beautifully. They are so happy. They honestly thought they were going to have to donate the horse. Wow. They had had vets look at the horse. Nobody could figure out what was wrong with this horse. And he is, yeah, he is off, you know, all those issues have gone away and he mentally is more relaxed and he is, you know, he's a happy horse and they are, they're thrilled, but they're beyond thrilled. They honestly thought this was a horse that needs to be donated. He's dangerous. And it was all due to stomach ulcers and hind gut ulcers and all the different things that go along with that. So I have seen some amazing turnarounds with different horses of different disciplines uh, with the help of Tigger's um, bioflora, bayous, and some of the other things, as well as the Chinese herbs to help address the EPM issues. So it's, it's exciting to watch. Yeah, this that's amazing. Is, mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, I, I just, yeah. my, my plug is this is the this is the evidence of the the gut brain connection, and this is what Correct. gets missed so often when we're treating ulcers. We forget that there is this. It's it's actually a triad of gut to brain to adrenals, and right. um, having a really powerful probiotic multi strain because the gut is made up of billions of different microorganisms is a far better choice um, than a single strain or, or strains that are so low in their, in their CFUs that they're just going to feed the existing colony. They're not going to be capable of colonization. And that's, that's really the key. But, Kathy, we are going to have you back. because. You, oh, yeah. I have like 5,000 questions. <laughs> Okay. They're all about Tigger and not about what you do. But um. can I add? Can I add one thing about that bioflora? Can I add one thing? Yeah. Time? The other evidence that it is working is what I. The racehorse people are great at this. I tell them to dose it. They don't because these horses are not eating, so they don't just throw it in the food, hoping that the horse might get it. They okay, actually. That's, yeah. Mix it with a little water and dose it into the horse's mouth twice a day. So that is 
the concrete evidence that this is what's making a difference because they are, it is actually getting into their system. Yep. And after talking to Tigger about the paste probiotics and understanding there's a lot of preservatives in the paste, I said to the trainer, no, we're just going to add some water and just dose it into their mouth. And they've been great about doing that. And it's really, really has turned the horses around even faster. So I just wanted to add that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's really good to know. Yeah. 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 Well, so. Kathy, we were, we right. will have you back. We know you're um, on the road, so I okay. really appreciate you taking the time to sure. be on Healthy Critters, and um, we'll have you back in a few months to t- to tell us more <laughs> about the adventures on the backside, uh, meaning the track. Okay. Of well, <laughs> yes. Thanks for Thanks that clarification, Tiggs. We know that cleaners and products we use have a great impact on the well-being of our families, our animals, our farms, and the earth. Warhorse works to offer our customers naturally aggressive and fiercely kind cleaners that provide effectiveness, versatility, and value. And Warhorse does this with special combinations of simple, humble, but extraordinary plant oils that have no pesticides, no metals, no glyphosate, no petroleum, no sulfate ingredients, and no genetically modified organisms. Warhorse's equine pet and people soaps use an exclusive raw sunflower oil that retains its waxes, lecithin, and vitamin E. And add some skin-loving avocado, coconut almond, and dead sea minerals, and you've got a buffet of healthy benefits for your farm family. All Warhorse cleaners are naturally aggressive on dirt and grime and fiercely kind to the most sensitive skin, even our pure gold and multi-purpose cleaners. So go ahead, get in the mud and get dirty. Warhorse has got your clean, a Warhorse kind of clean. Warhorse products are available at Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com or call us direct 1-800-686-9544. Hello, Tigger and Patty. How are you? We're wonderful. How are you? Is Beth with you? We are here with our friend Beth and our acquaintance, Nikki. Hi, acquaintance, Nikki. Hi, Beth. Beth! (laughs) (laughs) That was Beth. That was definitely Beth. (laughs) How may I help you today with your inquiries? (laughs) Well, Jennifer has one for you. Okay. Hello, Jennifer. Hello, Hedwig. It's an honor to speak with you. It is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it really, it genuinely is. Well, I, I was watching Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous the other day, and they, okay. they had some of the rich and famous dogs on there. Mm-hmm. And it got me to thinking, uh, a dog who is as down-to-earth and connected to the real world as you are, where do you yes. fall on fashionable hairdos for dogs? Oh, my God. I was born with a fashionable hairdo, and if I may just reference Lady Gaga for a moment, (laughs) I was born this way. I don't need human interference with my suit. 
to make me look better. I am amazing just the way I am. Don't Did be you say with your suit? Be a queen. <laughs> and there you have it. <laughs> How does one respond to that? You just don't. I think you're beautiful, Hedwig. Well, Hedy, how do you feel about other dogs having this done to them? Oh, I feel so humiliated for them. I mean, really? That's the time when you call your human psychotherapist and psychiatrist and have a meeting about how the person needs to be slapped into some sort of normalcy before they commit a major felony. (laughs) <laughs> so you feel that an intervention is in order when uh, when the dogs are, are getting the foo-foo hairdos and the bows and the nail polish? Long overdue, I would say. Okay, thank you very much. I, I was I was a little worried about a friend's dog who's who's just got some really some really bad hair. Yeah. The best thing you can do is take that dog to a safe place. <laughs> <laughs> Where there's cheese. We'll do that. Oh, with cheese. Yeah, cheese. Mm-hmm. Or we at my friend Nikki's house, we just had nice food. <laughs> so you should take them to a nice place with food. <laughs> so where 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 do you stand on clothes, dog clothes? Well, I do have a small bomber jacket that I wear when it's chilly. Uh-huh. It has a fleece collar, of course, as one would. Uh, and my sister has a snowsuit, which is quite adorable but that is it we only wear those if it's below 20 and since we always spend our time in florida now it's never below 20 gotcha and when it is below uh, 20 that little (laughs) that jacket's going to do nothing (laughs) well i mean then the human picks us up puts us in a heated place and we're fine there's no that's true you're right wear our jacket inside yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's no suit not as much gotcha yeah i can't see you running around in uh in a frou-frou uh, t-shirt or a, uh, I, I, I just, it's just not you, Hetty. I don't need clothes. I am a perfect just the way I am. <laughs> <sighs> well, um, I'm glad you had dinner and I know your servant is probably waiting for dinner. So thank you for, for answering our questions and um, hopefully you're saving a lot of dogs from too much frou-frou. I can only hope that no bling will be applied to dogs in my name. (laughs) Hopefully not. Got it. (laughs) And now it's time for the breed of the show. So this uh, episode, we're back on to our chicken breeds. Um, And uh, Tigger, I don't know if this is a breed that you have had. Um, I know that... I think it's a, a, um, a friend of mine um, has had a couple of them. They're called Cochin, which I um, have said pr- correctly. Thank the good Lord. Um, but, you know, I when I was originally getting into looking at different breeds of chickens, um, this one kept showing up because, as you know, I was looking for this crinkly chicken, which I will find at some point. But I kept coming across this. And the funny thing is, is I love how they're described. Is they're described a rabbit in a chicken. So it's a rabbit in a chicken suit. <laughs> So they're just, have, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of them, Tigger, but they're just adorable. They're just very fluffy, and that's what they, they're a big fluffy ball of fur. They call them fatty pants. Very, very friendly. So they're, <laughs> they're a friendly fatty pants bird that seldom flies. Do they uh, lay eggs? They do. They're not great um, uh, egg layers. Um, I think they really are looked at as sort of an ornamental 
um, sort of, I can't believe I'm going to say this sort of as a pet chicken. Um, However, they do make excellent mothers. Um, They're, um, the the hens get up to about nine pounds. Um, They make good mothers and very good foster moms, which is, I guess, very important in the chicken world. Um, And this is a very important fact to note that they seldom cackle when they lay. <laughs> that is because all my hens cackle when they Do lay. Do they? Well, it was so funny because I read it like four times and I'm like, that's a thing? Um, <laughs> so I guess it is. Um, the male gets up to about 11 pounds. Um, they, um, the male has five points on their comb and the third comb, and the, at, which is, you know, goes along the top of their head, is uh, apparently very long. Um, like I'd said before, their, their temperament is very, they're very peaceful and friendly. They're easily handled. Um, it's, I think one of the number one, um, you know, chickens that people, when they're looking for them as something in their backyard or something as a pet, which I just, I guess people do that. And this is such a new world to me. It's just so fascinating. I want one of these chickens for sure. Um, um, let me tell you that there is a good reason I think to have a chicken that um, doesn't squawk when they're laying an egg because when they're laying an egg, you think they're dying. And oh. then when you think about it, it's like they're giving birth every day. Oh yeah. I mean, that's just, that's horrible. I mean, I can't even imagine these poor things, but, but they don't, they don't lay a lot of eggs. <laughs> they're not big legged. <laughs> so it's not an issue with this particular bird. <laughs> um, they, uh, um, they do confinement. They like to be confined. So they are compatible almost in any type of environment, environment, which again, makes them, um, apartments, you know, like you <laughs> can motor have motor homes, <laughs> <laughs> motor homes, small vehicles, things like that work fine <laughs> because once again, they don't cackle when they lay eggs. So it's not like they're going to keep you up. Um, <laughs> and it did one other site said this breed is, uh, of chicken has inspired many. Um, to pick up poultry as a hobby. <laughs> um, let's see. Things to watch for. Because they have such big plumage, um, they can hide very small scrapes that can easily succumb to uh, infection. And I had um, read that their skin is, um, I'm trying to think what color they said. It's um, it's sort of like a, 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 like a yellowy color, um, which apparently... It, it makes them more susceptible to different types of scrapes, which can really turn into infections. So sometimes you actually have to clip your chickens. <laughs> Hedwig uh, would not be amused. No, she would not. Um, but I can see these chickens wearing um, suits <laughs> and jackets. But <laughs> um, chicken up. Yeah, but you know, basically, I think if anybody is looking to get into having a chicken in your backyard that, um, whether it large or small, that this is a really decent, um, one to consider starting off with. They make excellent pets and they're very lovable and they come into a ton of different colors like black and buff, which is sort of like, um, I think a, a yellowish color, a partridge, which is probably more yellow, white barred, which I don't know what color that is, brown, red, or golden laced. So there, there you have it. It's a good chicken to have, and they don't make a lot of noise. <laughs> totally fluffy. We're in the Critter Nutrition Corner, and today we're going to talk about bovine colostrum, 
which is nature's superfood. Bovine colostrum is one of those superfoods that I always have on hand for the horses and the dogs and myself. I first got wind of this superfood after the 2000 Summer Olympics, when it was revealed that the powerful Australian swim team was supplementing with bovine colostrum. What makes bovine colostrum a superfood is that it supports a range of biological activities, immune, cellular, cellular repair, bone support, glucose tolerance, protection of GI tract tissue, and optimization of beneficial intestinal flora. Colostrum is an immune system modulator. This means that colostrum can stimulate the immune system if needed or bring it back to homeostasis if it is overreacting. Common overreactions of the immune system are allergies, hives, systemic inflammation. Colostrum can turn up the immune response or turn it down as needed. There really is no other food that can do this. Colostrum provides a potent array of immune factors, including immunoglobulins, cytokines, interferon, lactoferon, and the PRPs. Specific proteins found in colostrum are part of the innate immune system and provide important protection against harmful bacteria, viruses, and fungi. Lactoferrin is a protein that destroys bacteria by binding free iron, which is needed by certain bacteria and fungi to reproduce. The transfer factors are immune system molecules that contain codes for immune recognition and balance. The immune immunoglobulins, that are also known as antibodies, are a critical part of the immune system response because they recognize and bind to antigens such as bacteria, viruses, fungus, protozoa, and cancer cells. The immunoglobulins in colostrum contribute to its ability to kill dangerous bacteria, including E. coli, salmonella, candida, streptococcus, staphylococcus, cryptosporidium, and roterovirus. The PRPs are able to regulate the thymus gland, which is the master of the immune system. PRPs can help bring the immune system back to homeostasis or stimulate it to fight infections and diseases. Colostrum is an amazing food for tissue repair and injury recovery. It provides 70 different growth factors which can accelerate healing of muscle, tendon, and ligaments. Providing platelet-derived growth factor helps to stimulate collagen production, while the fibroblast growth factor and epithelial growth factor repair muscle fibers, tendons, and ligaments through regulation of cellular migration and proliferation. The transforming growth factor in colostrum stimulates the production and repair of RNA and DNA. Using bovine colostrum can help horses and dogs and humans recover more quickly from injuries. Colostrum is also beneficial for bone regeneration. Recent recent studies have shown that lactoferon in bovine colostrum accelerated bone regeneration in bone defects. Lactoferon activates osteoblast, and these are the cells that synthesize bone and inhibits cell death. Bovine colostrum can increase bone mineral density and promote calcium absorption. A study done 
published in Dairy Scientific Technology in 2009, showed that the acid proteins in bovine colostrum increased mineral bone density. If your horse is currently on a protocol of Tildren or Osphos, bovine colostrum would be an excellent support food for bone. Various researchers have also identified that bovine colostrum is important for metabolism. It has an an activating nutrient called insulin-like growth factor. This protein plays an integral role in endocrine regulation of metabolism. And what that means is it helps to balance blood sugar in the body. So this makes colostrum very beneficial for metabolic horses. Bovine colostrum provides protection of a gastrointestinal tissue. Components of bovine colostrum can stimulate repair of intestinal membranes. The anti-inflammatory effect reduces hyperpermeability, including leaky gut and irritable bowel syndrome. It also helps boost levels of an important antioxidant, glutathione. Low levels of this antioxidant are associated with inflammatory bowel diseases and ulcerative colitis. Other benefits of colostrum for the GI tract are that it can heal the damage and irritation done to the gut by non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Bovine colostrum also is beneficial for the microorganisms in the gut. It provides actually a prebiotic food that enhances the growth of the beneficial bifidobacteria that inhabit the small intestine. It's an important food for athletes. Studies on human athletes have demonstrated the importance of bovine supplementation, including a 20% increase in strength and stamina and shorter recovery time for soccer players and cyclists. A study from Finland highlighted that skiers taking colostrum experienced less fatigue and only half the level of blood creatine kinase, which is a marker of muscle injury. Performance in sport horses, dogs that do agility, fly ball, herding, all can benefit from bovine supplement supplementation. Colostrum is also a support food. If your horse has been diagnosed with Lyme's or EPM, Bovine colostrum is an important support food for these horses because it regulates the immune system, helps tissue repair, and supports the GI tract and intestinal membranes. Colostrum is an important support food for horses with allergies or those having an an allergic reaction such as hives. Colostrum is excellent support for healing connective tissues like ligaments. When choosing bovine colostrum, you keep in mind that bovine colostrum is measured by the amount of IgGs, that's immunoglobulin G. Most colostrum supplements are at 15% IgG, with the exception of colostrum for foals, which is 40% IgG. Biostar's colostrum 38 is 38% IgG from grass-fed RBGH-free cows in Canada. Because our colostrum is so high in IgGs, you only need one half to one teaspoon per day to provide your horse with the powerful elements of colostrum. Here we are in the coffee clutch corner. Everybody uh, clinking or clink, or, uh, clink, drinking their coffee. That's it. Or, or they have a coffee cup. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> I don't know what's in yours, Jennifer. 
And we're going to talk about our best tips for reducing our stress because the less stress the humans are, that helps reduce the stress on our critters. True. So um, we'll True. start off with Patty P. What do you have on your top of your list? I bet I can guess what it is, but I'm going <laughs> to be mum. Well, anybody that knows me knows I do love a good glass of wine <laughs> <laughs> or gin. <clears throat> but Tigger, I'm going to shock you. That is on my list, but however, it wasn't number one. Would really? you like to know? It? No, it was not. Well, it was, but then I decided not to make it number one. I can't it, wait to hear what number one is. Well, it, I, I, you're going to be surprised, but not surprised. Honest and truly, probably the number one stress relieving thing for me to do of all time is going on a trail ride by myself going on a trail ride. It tends to calm me down. It gets me back centered to where I am. I I do have to go by myself, um, but it always gets me in the best place to deal with things. Just getting away from everything, just taking a walk and going on a trail ride. I get it. Yeah. Jennifer? But I'm I'm drinking while I'm doing that. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, the little flask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, Jennifer, what's yours? The one I gave you for Christmas several years ago. (laughs) Yes. That oh, I mean that was a flask. I thought that was a gallon jug. Oh, okay. <laughs> flask, your your flask is my jug. There you go. It's all it's all in semantics. Uh, mine, I I can't say trail ride because Patty has taken that one. <laughs> and one of my favorite things to do uh, to to de stress if if I can be outdoors, I go for a hike. Mm. Again, alone. Thank you very much. Yep. Yeah. And if I can't be outdoors, I'm a drawer and doodler and I get my pad out and get some colors and do that. Oh, that's a great thing. Yeah. Do you do any of the coloring book things? I do not. I've looked into that a number of times and they make them that the, the each little block of color is so tiny. You know what mm-hmm. I do? I go to the dollar store and I buy the coloring books for children. Yeah. They're much better. On a, on a flight... Um, I had my phone, I was diddling around, and there was some notification about this coloring thing, and of course I signed up, and I love it, and I just do it on my phone. Are you serious? Yeah, you can just blow it up and pick your colors, and there's like six or seven different palettes, and of course I don't follow what, you know, it's supposed to look like. You don't color inside the lines, do you? No way. Which is but shocking it, in some it, ways, I'm just saying. <laughs> forces you, you can't color outside of it, but you can pick whatever colors you want. And I tell you, it is the most relaxing. I, I love it. And what I, is, and I it's love it. It's an app it. on your phone? It is. It's, what, um, what is it? I mean, <laughs> look. <laughs> can't mention it and see, not give us. <laughs> see, I'm, I'm, I'm too, I'm too independent for my own good. I tend to get a blank piece of paper and create my own little lines to color into. Why well, doodle constantly? I mean, yeah, I do. I'm, ter- I doodle. I'm a terrible doodler. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I doodle, and but I mean, th- I think that it's sounds- called recolor. Recolor. Color. Now, does it, don't you just get, see, I just get stressed out looking at my phone. It's another electronic device with an LED screen. See, I can't relax with, I've got a, an electronic device in, in front of me. I can't. Well, I, when I'm coloring is generally when I'm um, in a waiting room, I'm in an airport, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I, I'm somewhere where, I, where my phone has to be. Right. Yeah. Um, but my, the number one on my list is, this is not going to come as a surprise to Patty, (laughs) 
is uh, chocolate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's oh, my, bless my, you. Go to stress and it's Ritter Sport Alpen milk. milk. Yeah, <laughs> which we need I to put a link to that. Say. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you should because she's mentioned this several times, Jennifer. It's it's it's, it's it, it melts in your mouth, and it's it's b- way better than American chocolate, I think, because American chocolate you just want to keep eating more to get some sense of satisfaction. Mm. But when you eat Ritter Sport, you can eat one or two little pieces and. And you just melt, let it, let it melt in your mouth and <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm going to have to try that because, and I'm not, as you know, Tigger, I'm not a huge uh, chocolate person, but I do occasionally like, um, to have chocolate, but I, I'm going to have to try this now. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's great stuff. So what's, what's, what else is on your list, Patty P? Um, so these, well, this is my probably right under number one. So it would be like number one, a, (laughs) I, um, I absolutely, I just like to take a nap with the dogs. I have a nap on my list too. Do you? I, but I, but I like to do it with the dogs because I just, they just cuddle up to me and it just, in fact, I did it today. Um, one of my probably favorite things in the world to do. How about you, Jennifer is nap on your, no, it is not. I'm not a good napper. I have oh. to move when I'm when I'm wound up or stressed. I have to move. I used to go jogging a lot. It was my stress reliever as a kid. I would mm. just go out and run for miles. Um, it was a great stress reliever. I, I I hike now. I can't run, but I I go out and and walk. Absolutely, I got to move. That's good. That's a good one. I like to watch funny movies or animated films. <laughs> oh, that's good. See, the hard part there is finding one. <laughs> Yeah, I can do stupid humor, though. Are you good at stupid humor? I can do stupid, and animation for me just, I I, I, I bet I've seen Frozen at least 35 times. Okay, I've never seen it. What is the best stress-relieving animated film ever? Mm, Good question. I think it depends on what kind of stress. Because I have several choices. Like, I, did you guys ever see Tangled? Yep. Uh, I don't know if I have. That's the one with the girl with the long hair. The I've girl with the long hair and the excellent horse. Oh. We had, get this, get this, get this, you'll love it. One of the gentlemen who animated Maximus the horse was on oh, the, wow. horse the morning show. No. Yeah, it was so cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh my God, I love that horse. Maximus was the best horse ever, yes. <laughs> the best horse ever and the highlight of the movie. Absolutely. So what's next on your list? Mine? Um, I really love um, to, to groom, um, to groom the horses. But again, I need to do it alone. And it's not grooming to ride. It's just grooming, just to spend time with them and grooming. And, the pro- and that's one of the reasons why um, I've never been able to um, it, it groom and then ride because I spend so much freaking time doing it. When I went to California a couple of years ago to work with Christine Trower, we brought two horses and literally, um, we were in the barn for 12 hours a day because I was just 
grooming and primping. And I, I, I love that. I love the whole part of it. I love spending the time. I love making them look perfect. I love that. Just, you know, old fashioned, we were talking about this last time. What are, what is our favorite grooming things? Like just, you know, really getting in there and just, um, just, you know, working their muscles and making them look shiny. And that's just so stress relieving to me. There you go. That yeah. Is. How about you, Jennifer? Well, and on a similar vein to Patty's trail ride, since I now sit in a chair in front of a computer for a living, um, instead of going for trail rides frequently when I'm stressed out, I will take my horses for adventure walks where I'm walking and they're walking too. But we go for a trail ride. Mm-hmm. And we go uphill and down dale and through fields and across streams and whatever, just like you would on a trail ride. It just happens to be leading them. And I find that very, very relaxing mm. because I get that physical activity out of it. Whereas, you know, riding, I can't. I'm just basically sitting there. So back in the day, trail riding was very relaxing because I worked all the time in a barn. But now the adventure walk is mentally very relaxing. Yeah, that sounds mm-hmm. pretty cool, though. Yeah. Um, for me, it's walking with the dogs and my camera. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, do you have, have a real camera or is oh, it your I, camera phone? Oh, she's a camera. Oh, no. I, I'm a... She's pretty awesome. A uh, amateur photographer nut. Extraordinary. Uh, now, do you <laughs> yeah. put your pictures up on um, one of the sharing sites or anything? I, uh, Facebook. Just, you just throw them on Facebook? Kimasabi. Ah, you have your own yeah, page. and they're and they're of all the dogs, it's they're great, they're great shots. Cool, and, I have to look it up. Um, I uh, I find that when I'm when I'm behind the lens, the world goes away, and I'm seeing the world from a totally different perspective. So, a, a couple of days ago, during the you know Fourth of July weekend. I had made some banana bread that actually turned out to be more like a doorstop. And <laughs> I was, um, it was my first attempt and I was a little disappointed. So I went out, it was gluten-free, which I'm realizing when you don't use wheat, you lose some of that lightness of a bread. You, you know, think. You're using different flours. Anyway, so I had this nice doorstop that I had spent a considerable amount of time making so I went out with my camera and it was kind of raining and I wrapped it up in a, um, a raincoat and I went out with the dogs and I sat down under a tree and I took the camera out and I just, I looked at the grass and it had, you know, little globs of water on it and I just focused the camera on that and I got so focused on the simple blade of grass in this, this water mm. droplet and Boy, after that, I felt great. <laughs> oh, that's so cool, though. That's so cool. I think that's neat. What do you have next, Patty P? Um, drinking. <laughs> Yay. There we go. Truth comes out. <laughs> but I didn't want to say it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, actually, um, watching funny movies. I love watching funny movies. There you go. So what are your funny movies to watch? Oh, it's embarrassing. I, are you dumb my, and dumber? Yes. Oh, just God. stupid, stupid humor. Um, I love, um, 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 I can't think of her name, McCartney. Um, Melissa oh, McCarthy? Yes. I think she's hysterical. Um, um, anything with her or Sandra Bullock, uh, I love that. But just, um, and it's funny because Peter loves to watch 
old movies, old Westerns and whatever. And I just sit there and I'm like, I just can't do it. I, I'm, if I'm going to sit down and stay awake, I have to laugh. I really have to laugh. Yeah. Got it. How about you, Jennifer? What would be a funny movie for you to de-stress? It's not animated. I love watching The Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. It just takes me to my happy place. Mm -hmm. The Land of Oz. Yep. So um, my 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 go to is Trading Places mm-hmm. with uh, Dan Aykroyd and Oh my gosh, I love that movie. I love that movie. Makes me laugh every time. I've seen it a hundred times. Oh, that is so funny. Excellent. Okay, so what's next on your list, Patty P? That's all I have. That's so interesting that I I lost the bet with myself. I was I thought for sure Jennifer was going to say you know wine or beer. Right. Or- <laughs> I do have one more on my list. Okay. Aha. Aha. Oh, I could be I still could be right. No, well, no, I'm sorry you're not. I love <laughs> I love brain games. Huh. When you're stressed? Yes, I have books and books and books of brain games. There's I find That's them very relaxing. Interesting. That kind of that I but that makes sense to me. Well, it gets your brain off of whatever you're stressed about because you really really have to focus to solve the puzzle. I love solving solving puzzles. I'm a puzzle no, nut. No, that makes sense to me. Yeah. And I can't solve the puzzle if I'm busy being distracted about whatever, whatever I'm freaked out over, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It forces me to focus and get off that loop. You know, you just sit yeah. there and you loop over the what ifs, you know? Yeah. And uh, I find that, and I, I, I tend to be very stressed when I travel. So I always have a big book full of those that I bring along. That's smart. Yeah. It's awesome. So Tiggy, do you have any other ones? I do. Drinking. Oh, no. <laughs> no. No. Um, I'm with Patty on taking a power nap. Mm. Yes. Big I that. wish I could nap better. Um, and I'm pretty good f- uh, in a 30 to 45 minute, you know, uh, for some reason I can just regulate myself because sometimes if you sleep too long, then you wake up sort of groggy yeah. and like, yeah. where am I? And what yeah. day is it? And, um, and, and this, the last thing is, um, what, um, Many people who work at Biostar have come to rely on. It's uh, a company called Megafood. They make a product called Tension Release. Hmm. And it's ashwagandha, Ah. which uh, when I actually was a consultant for Megafood, that's where I learned about ashwagandha, which became Equilibrium. How about that? It's in a convenient uh, tablet. And uh, I can tell you that the many Biostar employees swear by it. Oh, I um, bet. And what it does is, you know, one of ashwagandha's actions, other than reducing cortisol, is it, it stimulates serotonin. And mm-hmm. the few times that I have taken it, the experience is, you know, when you're stressed, there just feels like there's a lot of noise going on in your head. And it's like yeah. all that noise goes away. It's like it's far away. It's there, but it's not, you know, yammering at you. Yeah. And you're just in a very quiet, calm place. So I highly recommend Megafood's tension release. How about Mm. that? Okay. I'm going to write that down. (laughs) Yeah. Goes great with wine. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) My tongue will be hanging out. It's legal in all 50 states. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And actually, I've recommended it to riders who get nervous Mm -hmm. because you're still able to focus. You know, it's not something that is 
you know, going to put you to sleep. It right. just pulls away the. Well, you recommended it for Hannah when she couldn't yeah. study in in um in uh in high school, and it first because she and I think and I don't know if you and I talked about this, but um I think it was you and I. I don't know if you remember. She kept saying she had to have um music in her ears for her to focus and that was the one thing and then you're like and once she did the ashwagandha then she was great because she really struggled with that for a while and she that's she used that all through college cleanse the same way anytime anytime he's doing really detailed work like when he's he's building websites and running spreadsheets and stuff like that that's really really taxing he -hmm. can't do it unless he's got the music playing Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I, I cannot have music. I can't have anything. I have to, it has to be completely silent. Yep. Um, anytime I do any studying or reading or whatever, I go in my room and I don't want to hear anything at all. I can't hear any, like I will, I will put them in my ears so I don't hear anything. So Tigger, which one, which way are you? Are you the need the music or the need the quiet? No, I need the quiet. Yeah, me too. I'm going to need the quiet person too. See, we all match the three musketeers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And on that note, I want to raise my sword. <laughs> turn swords, on, right? You raise our sword. And turn on the music. And turn and on the turn music. Turn on the ACDC. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and turn off the coffee pot. <laughs> That's right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. And forgive your fox. (laughs) 